We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. What is up, Nets fans? Welcome to the Brooklyn Buzz, presented by OTGBasketball.com and NetsRepublic.com. I'm your host, Nick Faye. With me, as always, the great Jack Manuel. What's up, Jack? Man, I am so excited for Nets basketball. And the season reviews felt like they were a few days ago, but now <laughs> on to the previews, the different views. Yes, player previews. We just had media day. It's really getting close to the season. It's about a, almost a week away till we see Nets basketball on the court. And like you said, Jack, we're going to preview this upcoming season for Jared Allen. We're going to do a couple different players, but Jared Allen will be our first one. Before we get started, as always, you know, check us out on iTunes, Blog Talk Radio, OGBasketball.com, NetsRepublic.com, Dash Radio, and YouTube. But we're going to look back quickly at last year. If you want a more in-depth, you know, breakdown about last season's Jared Allen, check out one of our season reviews. But obviously, Allen, it was a big surprise last year. I think he was even a big surprise in terms of the draft class, low-key. You know, he was one guy I don't think many people expected to have as big an impact as he did. And it looks like he'll be a building block for the Nets moving forward. Yeah, the perfect prototypical modern center. Um, I actually saw, you know, I had a bit of a listen to our season review just to refresh my memory. Um, it's fun listening to yourself speak about the things <laughs> that you already know and have already said. Um, but also, he was just so many, he was so good in so many areas. He exceeded ex- expectation in so many ways. Um, he's going to be a real building block, like you said, Nick, going forward. You know, there were he, plenty of room to improve, but um, he exceeded expectations in so many areas that, like, he's built a great foundation in season one. Yeah, and one of his best games of the season, you know, 18 points, 8 of 11 from the field, 9 rebounds, 2 assists, 3 blocks, and that was against Chicago. I believe that was also the game where he, um, you know, might have murdered Laurie Marketing, but, you know, we'll leave that for the police. (laughs) (laughs) Success or disappointment? This is a very easy question, but Jack, what was it? Oh, I mean, it was an absolute success. You know, he, it was, I think that, you know, the fact that he played, you know, over 70 games as well, I, I would have been happy with 50 games or so. You know, we were talking about, you know, is he going to play? Is he going to be G League bound? So uh, I think it was a uh, an absolute adamant success uh, for Jared Allen last season. 
100% agree. I think it was a huge success. And like I said, it's a building block moving forward for the Nets. Now, looking at some of his strengths and weaknesses from last season, you know, obviously the length and the height is huge. The athleticism is huge. The pick and roll as a roll man, he finished in the 68th percentile as a roll man. Obviously finished a ton of alley-oops, a ton of dunks, had an, a, a lot of nice blocks as well. What were some of the strengths for you for Jared Allen last year? Yeah, you mentioned a lot of them, Nick, but in terms of his athleticism, you know, that agility that he has for a guy that's six foot eleven is, you know, something that, you know, you want to have in your you don't want to have a lumbering sort of guy. You know, we saw that and then some with guys like Timothy Moskov and our roster. So to have Jared Allen who has that quick motion and is able to at times defend those smaller guys and be able to move laterally. Um, he was quite quick. He was very good in the pick and roll, like you mentioned. Uh, he had an insane effective field goal percentage, you know, 59.6%. And then, you know, I, I remember this tweet because it's one of my most popular ones that, that he was third in the league for blocks per game after the All-Star break um, at 2.1 behind only Gobert and the Defensive Player of the Year and an MVP contender in Anthony Davis. So um, <laughs> solid company for Mr. Allen, but um, it was just there were so many successes and strengths throughout the season for him. Yeah, and you mentioned the agility and like the speed. I think Kenny's brought that up too in terms of like the fast break and transition being a lot of being faster than a lot of bigs. Also on the pick and roll, he's like almost sneaky where he'll like act like he's going to set a pick real quick and low key just like kind of slide to the rim very quickly, get a nice open space, find himself, you know, a nice little dunk right there. But I agree. I think strengths, there's just a lot of things. But weaknesses wise, you know, obviously rebounding, uh, putting on more weight, polishing his game and probably getting to the free throw line a little bit more. But what were some of the weaknesses for you, Jack? Yeah, I think you, you can't really hate on too much in terms of his body. He, he's a kid. Um, but exactly. for me, re rebounding, I think, is one thing that you can sort of pick, nitpick out a little bit. You know, we love Brook Lopez so much, but we also know that he is one of the weaker um, big man rebounders that we've ever had and that the league has ever seen. But he makes up for it in so many other areas. And Jared Allen did to an extent as well. But he does have size about him, and I think his frame obviously prevented him of sorts from getting so many boards. Um, but I think as well, you know, it might have been an engagement issue, I think a body positioning issue, an experience. I think it's a combination. But I think, you know, he's mentioned in, in the media day and, and in plenty of uh, interviews that rebounding is going to be one of the cornerstones for him. And, you know, Ed Davis is going to certainly help with that as he's one of the best, you know, backup rebounders, backup center rebounders in the, in the league. But I think the key one is rebounding. And it's not that he was horrible there, but um, it's certainly an area for a six foot eleven guy that he can get better at. Yeah, for sure. And like you said, I think age had a big impact on that. And probably fatigue, just battling bigger guys every night, it just kind of wears on you. But talking about the weaknesses, moving to areas you would like to see him improve this year, what would it be? I think number one for me, it's rebounding, Nick. You know, I think that the it seems that the coaching staff with Kenny and even Sean Marks are making it an emphasis. You know, you look at the guys that we acquired, and I think Jared Allen can be a part of that. I think, you know, in training camp, he's going to be battling against Ed Davis and Kenneth Farid two of the best rebounders in the game today. You know, we've seen stats from Nets Republic, myself putting out there that their rebound percentage and offensive rebound percentage is, you know, top five, you know, on a very consistent basis. I think Jared Allen can learn from them. You know, the mentorship that he can get from those experienced guys is going to have a big effect. You know, I think also the, 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 the defensive sort of liabilities, you know, I want him to see, to be, actively engaged for all the time that he's on the floor. Um, obviously, those lapses. And I mean, we mentioned the three-point shooting percentage. I don't think, or the three-point shooting attempts, I don't think that that's, for me, as big an issue. Like, if I'm prioritizing the two, I'd rather have a decent rebounder at the center position than a three-point shooter. But it certainly helps. If I mean, if, I'm sure you'll probably say similar things, Nick, but do you have a, a preference for what you want Jared Allen to get better at in 2018-19? 
I think pretty much what you said, Jack. Rebounding is huge. I think defensively, maybe being a little bit more aggressive and being more confident in your ability, having the skill set he has, and maybe trying to be more of a vocal leader. Obviously, we know he's a very quiet guy, but I think he could you know, help being that backline defender that's kind of yelling out and shouting out things and seeing the whole floor because he seems like a super intelligent dude. So I will wouldn't be surprised he's able to kind of grow into that role. And to get back to the rebounding, he even mentioned at Media Day, like learning small things from Ed Davis, you know, battling him every day in practice. I think that'll benefit him. And then just, you know, working on his offensive skills. I don't expect him to make some giant jump offensively where he's, you know, dribbling the ball, crossing over, getting triple doubles or anything like that. But I think continuing to kind of polish on the offensive game, you know, maybe shoot one three a game or something along those lines. Not a big number because I think his big value, and like he said yesterday, is the pick and roll, you know, rolling to the rim, providing that vertical space and kind of collapsing the defense because he's so athletic. I think that's where he should really focus on and becoming elite in that area. How do you think his new teammates and his coaches will help him kind of get these new skills? Uh, I think it's going to be in training camp, Nick, and I think it's also going to be mentorship. Uh, I think it's they're going to impart, you know, what they know about, you know, opponents, how how to do the body positioning. You know, I think that, you know, in the pick and roll, uh, Alan Crabb mentioned it, uh, and it was a video on the Nets Republic YouTube that I watched how he said that Ed Davis is, you know, very underrated in the pick and roll. You know, you learn from your teammates. You spend so much time with them in that 82-game grind. I think it's going to be up to them to impart that wisdom upon him. And obviously, we've heard about Jared Allen's low-key mentality and that Bleach Report piece that we referenced before on The Buzz. Uh, I think a lot of those things that they're going to be able to impart with him, he seems to be, you know, a a sponge when it comes to imparting that information. And he's got that really low-key, confident uh, and gritty mentality that I think he's going to, take those things on and hopefully, you know, work upon them. But there's some great pieces on NetsRepublic.com as well about Jared Allen and, and what he needs to do and some certain stats and stuff. So definitely check those out as well. Yeah, for sure. Like you said earlier in the show, Nets Republic's been turning out a lot of great articles. Be sure to check them out. And getting back to Jared Allen, you mentioned the knowledge. I think in an interview with Draft Express yesterday, he mentioned knowledge is power. And the one thing that's going to help him so much this year is knowing what to expect after last season. So I think that'll be a big benefit. And like you said, Ed Davis, Kenneth Reed in practice, you know, battling for boards should only help him in the physicality department. And then chemistry-wise with the guards, you know, playing a full season with Spencer Dinwiddie, D'Angelo Russell, Karis LeVert, I think they'll feel better about connecting on those oops and have a little bit better chemistry where you might see them happen even more frequently and then we already know how much Kenny loves Jared Allen that's like maybe one of his favorite players on the team so any other guys or ways you think are going to help him improve yeah just to continue on with your, your chemistry thing there Nick I think that the Nets are, are revered for their chemistry across the league and you know we've seen that there was a a Brooklyn Bridge episode on NBA.com uh, a really nice piece done by the social media team at the Brooklyn Nets and it just showed you know, the, the cohesiveness, the camaraderie that that, that this net squad has. Um, it, it shows that, uh, you know, you have to know each other off the court and know each other as people to know each other and get the best out of each other on the court. So I think that, you know, we saw the, the jokes at Meteor Day and such, and I think all of it is going to bode really well. You know, there, there's lots of differing personalities there, but there's a an inherent respect and an inherent desire for all of them to want to get better and, you know, help each other along the way. And I think the guards, like you mentioned, as well as the big men are going to play a big part in the development of Jared Allen as well. Yeah, and then even just having some better fl- uh, players on the floor, like we've mentioned before, improving the roster in terms of depth, I think will just help him and make his life a little bit easier. But going to next season, what is going to be his role on this team? Obviously, this is a really easy question, but starter or bench player? Oh, it's a starter. Um, we don't need to <laughs> we don't need to debate that any further. This isn't game twenty of the of of twenty seventeen eighteen. Um, there's no one 
Uh, there might be nights where I wouldn't be surprised if Ed Davis does usurp him, you know, if he's coming up against a Dwight Howard or, you know, an Anthony Davis or DeMarcus Cousins. And, you know, Jared Allen hasn't found that form yet. Um, but he's certainly gotten a lot bigger. We've seen his body. We've seen the photos making the rounds. His arms uh, look jacked. <laughs> they are. They certainly are. And pardon the pun I'll, uh, for you. But as, <laughs> I think as well that I think that Coach Kenny is going to start him. And then if it happens to be that he's struggling a little bit, then he will be subbed in for a guy like a Davis or a Fareed. Um, but, you know, he's going to be starting, you know, majority of however many games, uh, uh, an overwhelming majority of the games that he's playing. To paraphrase, I saw a quote yesterday from him, and it was like, how do you know you've gotten stronger or, like, more muscle mass? He's like, I haven't put on a lot more weight, but I'm lifting higher numbers at the gym. And that it's, just seems like such a Jared Allen answer. It's, again, it's, you know, the more you know, the knowledge is power. Like, if you can lift more, it means that your muscles <laughs> must be getting bigger. And I think as well that mass is, and, like, you know, muscle mass is overrated a lot. I think we've talked about it, you know, in reference to Jared Allen. It's about strength. And I think, you know, you, know, you look at Brandon Ingram, Kevin Durant, and these guys are, are very slender. But Kevin Durant has become an absolute monster on the defensive end. You know, Brandon Ingram showed strides there as well. But it's about, you know, having that strength and that positioning and all those sort of little things outside of just lifting a barbell, lifting a dumbbell um, that sort of can actually help you on the court. You know, you know I, I think that those things have a bigger impact as much as getting into the gym as well. Yeah, I'm not a physical therapist, but I think core strength is really a key component in all type of athletic motions in terms yeah. of being strong, too. If you have, like, a strong base and something to rely on, you'll feel a lot better. Looking at minutes-wise, what do you expect to see him in terms of a minute jump? Obviously, last year only played around 20 minutes. What do you think he's going to be at this year? Yeah, I mean, if we're being optimistic, he could push that 30 mark um, if he's ready for that. I think that we'll see, you know, uh, his minutes slowly increase throughout the season last year. Um, and I think that we're likely to see something similar obviously you know we don't want to he's he's one of our cornerstone guys we don't want to throw him into the to the pack of wolves you know uh, so early on but i think depending on the matchup depending on how his play is going depending on his body i think that he could see you know a, an average of maybe 25 minutes per game um but there will be nights where we'll see more than that and of course will be nights where we see less than that but i think around that 25 minute range um he'll be splitting center time with with a guy like ed davis who is a proven nba center in this league so i think it's going to be uh, around that sort of range you, you got something similar for me nick i think he's actually going to boost a little bit more i think he'll be closer to 28. okay I think uh, he's going to provide a defensive mentality in which Kenny and Sean have talked about so much in the press conference, being that they want to have this defensive player out there. And I think Allen is, understands his role with the team very well based off of what we've heard from him. And I think 28 minutes isn't too crazy because they'll be able to kind of take him out. And like you said, maybe he won't play as much against some of the bigger guys. But in some of these other matchups, you know, a lot of teams don't even play big centers because there's such a liability on the floor. I think Jared Allen will provide that versatility and get up to 28 minutes. I wouldn't even be surprised if later in the season if he gets closer to 30. Yeah, there were no Nets players last season that averaged more than 29.9 minutes, and that was yeah, DeMarco yeah. Carroll. So obviously there, there might be, I think that we'll, we'll see that from Coach Kenny. There are some nice pieces on the Nets Republic, including one from yourself, uh, shameless self-promotion, about Coach Kenny and his distribution in terms of his minutes and his rotations. But... Do you think, like, straight away, Nick, that it's you're going to see, you know, against the Knicks in, in opening night against Detroit, in those sort of opening games, that you'll see 28 minutes per night from a guy like Jared Allen? Or is it going to be a sort of wait-and-see proposition from a guy like Coach Kenny? I, I'll have a better idea after preseason, but I yeah. think we're going to see a lot of experiments still. with Like, Kenny's just has a lot of new toys now. Like He has a lot of different options yeah. where he maybe didn't have last year. And, you know, going against Andre Drummond and his canter, 
you know, that's not necessarily the best matchup for Jared Allen. So you maybe might see a little bit more Ed Davis. But I think as the season progresses, he'll get closer to those higher numbers. But I think it'll be kind of a give and feel type of thing. Now, in terms of usage, or actually, before we get there, do you think Jared Allen will have a better chance at finishing games this year? We see him more at the end of the game than we did last year. You know, we saw him a little bit more towards the end of the season, but early in the year, he really didn't close out. Yeah, I think defensively, he's he's easily in our best defensive lineups, but I think it's going to be on the offensive end. Is he going to be, you know, there were times where he was a little bit of a liability out there um, in terms of his like field goal percentage during those clutch moments. I remember looking up and he was one of our worst players. And obviously we're not going through Jared Allen, but it's being able to make the right play, make the right kick out, not turn the ball over. I think it's going to come down to is his maturity, is his experience, is his game uh, in those closing moments good enough to be able to give it to him? You know, he's not going to turn the ball over. He's not going to give it up. He's going to finish those oops. He'll make the right pass out of the pick and roll. Um, so for me, it's not not a question of defense. It's a question of offense. But um, I, I certainly think, you know, that by the end of the season, we'll definitely be seeing Jared Allen out there. He's not a liability, like you mentioned, about uh, plenty of other NBA centers. And I think, you know, depending on the matchup, you know, we see a lot of teams go small. I think if a team were to play big, I think Jared Allen would be the guy they want to close with in most situations. If he can prove, he can get the rebounds. Because I think that's one thing important to Kenny. And we saw it last year at times for the Nets to play great defense in under two minutes, but they'd give up that offensive rebound, have to do it again. The team would hit like a three or get an and one or something. And that would just kind of kill all momentum. So I think, you know, being that defensive monster like we've talked about, but also being a rebounder. I think rebounding is so important, especially when you're playing smaller lineups. Yeah, for sure. You're using what you've got, you know, to your capabilities. And if he can show good defensive and offensive rebounding capabilities, then coach can easily leave him out there. Yeah, and to get back to the offensive rebounding, putback-wise, he finished in the 37 percentile. So I think there's a lot more potential there, especially with his athleticism and his length. We mentioned this before. Studying somebody like a Tyson Chandler, I think, would really help him. And I read a rumor yesterday that the Nets actually almost traded for Tyson Chandler before they got Ed Davis. So that was something interesting to think about, too. So maybe yeah. they have that in their mind as well. But usage-wise, do you expect to see him bump up at all or stay around the same? Yeah, so last season he was at that 16.3%. You know, not many big men, you know, demand sort of the ball in the post uh, these days other than like Joel Embiid and DeMarcus Cousins and probably Dwight Howard. Um, <laughs> but I think that we'll probably see him stay around that range. There'll be nights where he'll have more of the ball. But Jared, um, Jared Allen works best when he's just finishing the plays. Um, we did see some uh, uh, signs at summer leagues when he had the ball in his hands, which were quite nice. Obviously, against inferior competition, but that's when you want to see those, you know, um, different sort of skills on display. So I think that you know it might hover around the same range, but I wouldn't be surprised if it, it, it gets up to like around an eighteen percent range because you know Coach Kenny's going to want the ball in his hands more. He's going to be finishing players more. Uh, he'll be making those dunks. He'll be getting those offensive rebounds. So I think it increases, um, but that's just by virtue of just experience and, and playing time. Yeah, 100% agree. I think around the 18%, a slight bump. And maybe, you know, like we mentioned at Summer League when he was, I think he took somebody off the dribble and like posterized them. If he yeah. has one of these slower bigs on him, like somebody along like Mozgov or Costa Kufis or something along those lines that really isn't a fast guy, I wouldn't be upset if Jaren Allen wanted to try to take a dribble on him. And I think, you know, that as much as the Nets want to be competitive, they still want to develop Jared Allen and let him kind of try out new things. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm really hoping that Coach Kenny, just because he has the talent at his disposal, is still allowing these guys. You know, there was a really cool video with Gilbert Arenas that was out the other day showing just how the impact that a coach can have on the talent and development of so many players. If you're given that green light to just, you know, make mistakes, then that's going to have a real positive impact on your development. You know, it's going to be a huge factor for Dealer when we do his player preview as well when we're talking about it. But I think even more so, and as equally so for a guy like Jared Allen. Yeah, I think Spencer did what he said. The green light is the greatest drug known to man or something along those yep, lines. So. He did, he did, yep. So, uh, But getting to the predictions on the actual stats, what's your stat line for Jared Allen? Give me some points, some rebounds, you know, minutes, assists, blocks, you know, what do you got? Yep, so I'm going the uh, 25 minutes per night. I'm going 11, 11 and a half points per game. I'm going to go a tad over seven rebounds per game and, and chuck in 1.5 blocks. So there's growth on, on all facets of the floor. And, you know, he may be chucking an assist uh, and assisting a little bit here or there because we saw some nice passes. But I think around those range, for me, you know, you can bump up those numbers depending on the minutes. So you might have a maybe a, a little bit higher than me, Nick. But I don't think that those are bad numbers. Uh, I think that the rebounding could be an area where we see massive growth. Uh, but in terms of points and such, I think that the emphasis won't be on him as much to, to be a scorer. But, you know, he was at about eight or so last season. If he can hit that 10 range, uh, I'm being, maybe being a little bit optimistic with the 11. But uh, those are just my thoughts. Uh, what are your numbers? No, I think you're fair. I have uh, 28 minutes, like I said before, you know, 12 points per game. I think maybe a touch under eight rebounds, you know, maybe okay. not to that point, but like the seven range. I think that's going to be a real focus on him. And he seems like a guy when he has a goal in mind. And he, he criticized himself yesterday about being a better rebounder two and I think the blocks probably a shade under two you know maybe not up to that two mark but between 1.5 and like 1.9 and like you said maybe a touch over one assist what were you thinking uh field goal percentage wise three point percentage wise and how many threes a game are you thinking I'm thinking one uh maybe one and a half uh, there'll be nights where he'll, he'll have a few more. I think he was at like 33% last year. He tried to couple. Uh, his mechanics looked okay. There were a couple of air balls here and there. But uh, I remember Jared Allen saying in an interview, he's saying, you know, he's not going to be crazy about it. He's going to just take the right shots, similar to what Brook Lopez did. He's going to use that as a sort of model. Like, this is sort of like a, a, a first season for him being given the green light. You know, Kenny Atkinson gives everyone the green light when it comes <laughs> to the perimeter shooting. And it's something we love. And it's, it's a huge part of our offensive system. So I think a little bit over that, uh, I mentioned his effective field goal percentage was somewhere near 60%. If he can maintain that, that would be, you know, awesome. Because if you're anywhere in that 60% range, you know, it shows, I think his two-point percentage was like just a smidge under that as well. Yeah, and if 58%, he, I think, or something along those lines are yeah. very high. If his three-point shooting and his free-throw shooting stays the same and his three-point shooting maybe gets a little bit better, then he can exceed that, you know, effective field goal percentage of, of 60%, which for me, I think is the number that we're like, we should all be looking at when it comes to overall, you know, field goal percentage. And it's not just being a stat nerd about it. It just encompasses... It makes more sense. It just does. Um, and for those that don't know, just, you know, check it out on B-Ball Reference. It's very, very clearly and plainly over there to see. Yeah, honestly, Jack, I'm pretty much 100% in agreement as my uh, co-host on the outlet would say, copy and paste. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I think that we're in pretty much agreement to Jared Allen, very high in him and what he can do. Give me some takes about Jared Allen that you kind of expect to see this season, maybe where he finishes as a center in terms of the league, you know, how much hype will he have? Yes, so Nick, I got into the uh, the Reddit research, so you know... Um... <laughs> 
when you get down that road, you, you're definitely going down some some weird and wacky ways. But, you know, they, they had some, like, nice listicles about, like, you know, who are the top 10 centers and honorable mentions and stuff. And, you know, around that sort of 10 range, you see guys like Stephen Adams, DeAndre Jordan, Marcus Sol, Yusuf Nurkic. I think that Jared Allen has the potential to be knocking on the door of that. If he finished in the top 15 of centers by the end of the season, I wouldn't be surprised. I'd be very surprised if he is a top five, top 10 center in that range. But I think that he has um, real potential to push himself to be one of the premier centers in terms of top half in the league. Um, all the things that we've talked about, rebounding, three-point shooting, defense, you know, he's got a lot of those already in his at his disposal. It's about the development that he can show. Um, but at the same time, even if he just shows minor improvements uh, in his second season, you know, the sophomore slump is uh, very real uh, across many players. Uh, I'd be equally as happy. But I think he has plenty of potential to sort of knock on the door of any of those sort of lists. Yeah, I think top half of the league is kind of like a goal where he kind of looked to finish. Maybe even if it was like around that 17 or 16 mark, but I think he'll be closer to between like 15 and 11. There's just a lot of potential and his skill set just fit, uh, fits the new NBA like we mentioned earlier. Do you think he'll start to get more hype around the league just because of like having Afro throwing down big dunks and blocks? Yeah, I think it's going to be about how well we do as a team, Nick. You know, I mentioned this plenty. It's about the success of the squad. Um, I think that the Nets as a team overall are getting plenty of traction and getting plenty of credence from not just, you know, guys and listeners of the Brooklyn Buzz and people at Nets Republic, but the outside NBA world. And I think with that, our players, you know, Jared Allen is a darling of like, you know, NBA Twitter because he's just low-key, just so good. Um, he's, he's, a, he's a gamer. He's a really uh, a great citizen in terms of his community outreach. So I think he's going to start to get some more love. Uh, as the team continues to get love. And if we're you know, knocking on the door of the playoffs, Jared Allen's definitely going to be getting his credence, and he's definitely going to be a big part of that if that happens to be the case. Yeah, I agree. I think the hype will definitely come on. He's just kind of like attractive in the sense of being, you know, the oops and the blocks. And I think, you know, general NBA fans just love that. And then the Afro just kind of makes him stick out. We saw the great picture with D'Angelo. You posted up there. Uh, in terms of offense or defense at the end of the season, which is going to be a bigger strength for Jared Allen? Uh, it's going to be defense. Uh, I think when it comes to uh, centers, you want them to be a better defender than offender, I guess, for lack, of, <laughs> for lack of a better term. But at the same time, if he can bridge that gap, I think that's going to be more important. Uh, if he can maintain, say, his defensive capabilities and be able to switch upon to, to, to the smaller players while also increase his rebounding and his ability in the pick and roll and, you know, a couple of three-point shots here and there, perimeter shots here and there, then I think that's going to be important. Um, if I'm if I'm asking you, Nick, what do you value more for a guy like Jared Allen in terms of our net system right now? I think defense is obviously having a guy like that in the back line that can block shots and clean up messes when you have guys that are, you know, maybe questionable defenders. And then rebounding, I think, is always huge defensively. What I'd like to see is, like you said, balance it out and maybe still be more skilled defensively and have a you know better game on that side of the floor, but have just as big an impact offensively. I remember doing the Clippers pod, preview podcast and talking to Robert Flom, who's the Clippers guy, and he was saying one thing he thinks they're going to miss a ton from DeAndre. It's not the fact that he's such a skilled offensive player, but the fact when he rolls to the rim, it just collapses so much. And I think Jared Allen yeah. can have that impact with the athleticism, that length, and just the ability to finish. Absolutely. I think uh, a DeAndre comparison, he's, I think in terms of his dunking, Jared Allen does have a ways to go. And this is via a Nets Republic piece. He missed 16.6% of his dunk attempts last season. It drives uh, you nuts too. And it was, he was first, fourth worst amongst the, the 30 starting centers. 
Um, he was ahead of Marching Gortat and John Collins, but and it was a little bit around that sort of Kevin Love range. So I think for me, it's it's just going to be a bad experience like we've sort of talked about uh, in the past. You know, he's got all the capabilities. He's got the athleticism. He's got the the biceps now for it. He's got the deltoids <laughs> for it, as as plenty of guys would like to say. But it's going to be about, you know, uh, execution. And I think he's got all the tools at his disposal to be able to execute at a high level. Yeah, I felt like there was a stretch during the season where he missed like a couple dunks and it was like a couple game span where he almost got like in a slump for dunking. So I think, you know, just making sure you drop the ball on the rim doesn't always have to be a hard finish. Honestly, the ball just has to go through the rim. But uh-huh. any last takes you want to get a Jared Allen, Jack? No, I think that Jared Allen is going to be a, a crucial part to the next success this season. Uh, I'll, he'll, I'll be one that will be watching him very closely. Um, I'm a, a low-key, horrible center, and when it comes to five-on-five, pick up basketball. And I, funnily enough, like will steal little moves that I saw from, like we talked about how he sort of doesn't necessarily make the pick, but uh, rolls really hard. I've done that many a time, so I'm hoping to steal some moves from him next season to, to take him to my pickup ball. Oh, there we go, Jack. That's all that matters. But actually, I got one last question for you. Yeah. In terms of where Jared Allen's going to finish on the Nets in terms of players, is he going to be the second best, the first, you know, third? Where's he at? Yeah, I remember, I think we had a fan question about this in the past, and it was one for me that I think Jared Allen has the ability to be our best player. Um, in, in that case, I think that D'Angelo might not be a net in the future, so I, I don't necessarily want that to be the case. But I think that he it's one or two for me at Jared Allen right now. Um it's at the lowest three, you know, it's, it's Levert, it's Allen, and it's D'Lo. Uh, I think you could probably roll the dice, you know, put it on shuffle and just throw and just see what happens with those three. And I think all of them would have a legitimate case in different ways. But obviously, you don't necessarily, in, unless you're a Nikola Jokic or a Joel Embiid, uh, the NBA is, you know, really sort of revolutionized in terms of how the big man is, is making an impact these days. But in terms of the Nets right now, I would much rather him to be a second or third best player but he certainly has all the skills and all the expertise uh, and, and the motivation to become one of our best, if not our best player. But Jack, as always, a pleasure talking Nets with you. Check out otgbasketball.com. Check out netsrepublic.com. Follow us on iTunes, Block Talk Radio, YouTube, Dash Radio, and let us know what you think on Twitter. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.